Hello listeners and welcome back to Cyberpunk Tales from the Oasis. This is episode 37, Into the Fire. A small reminder to all of you listening, it's almost time again for our monthly No Witnesses Oasis pickup game. And in October, we're going to have our special spooktacular No Witnesses community event. If you'd like to join me and some of the cast in playing some Cyberpunk Red, you can sign up by joining our Discord. The link to our Discord is on the top right-hand corner of the menu bar on our website, oasiscyberpunk.com. We run these one-shot games every month-ish on a first-come, first-served basis, with Patreon members taking priority. So, come join us on Discord to sign up, but make sure to sign up for our Patreon to guarantee your spot. Thanks again for tuning in, Chooms, and here it is, Episode 37, Into the Fire. The soft steps of a pair of sleek, matte cream leather, high-top athletic shoes echoes down a side hallway in the trickle-down hydroponics tower. There's a beep as one of the security doors opens, and then a few seconds later closes again, and locks. Entering into the main lobby, the figure occupying these shoes pauses, an open office door catching their eye. Sejoy, Mavis, and Iso. The three of you have sprawled out on various chairs or the small couch in the corner of the small corner office that you have taken over temporarily. I'm on my bedroll. Sedoy is lying on her bedroll. Does anyone else have any other stuff that they're laying on or is it just chairs and the sofa? Yeah, I, I do have my inflatable sleeping bag that had a very majestical name. Uh, so I'm using that one. I have one of those, but I don't think it comes to mind to use it. Because sleeping tough is, uh, I mean, this is nicer than some of the places that Mavis has slept. I have a pillow made out of a stack of printer paper. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's a difference between sleeping rough and sleeping rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And sleeping with your sleeping bag is basically the mechanical equivalent of, I still have this item and therefore I'm not going to get penalties for not getting a good night's rest. <laughs> so... You can say your character wants to thematically like lay your head on this, but but I think we should probably go with like your character is using this piece of sleep aid equipment okay. so that you don't have a point of exhaustion. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. You're all sprawled out across your various sleeping implements and uh, let's say kind of early-ish in the morning, the sun comes streaming through the window because again, remember, it's still the wave and the blinding sunlight comes groggily streaming through the window. Sedoy, you're one of the first ones to wake up because you've always been a bit more of a lighter sleeper than everyone else. You roll over in your sleeping bag and kind of open up your eyes to the sun and you notice that there are a pair of boots standing right in front of you, presumably attached to a person. Okay, I slowly look upwards. You slowly look upwards, standing right next to you. Turns out it's not actually a pair of boots. It's a pair of relatively nice shoes, though they're still work shoes, is Gabriel. And he's looking down at you with kind of a confused expression. Oh, Gabriel, good morning. Uh, Hi, Sedoy. Um, I got your messages... Duh. Sorry, we a crash. I think we should talk. And he sort of gives a look around to the rest of the room and says, are these friends of yours? Damn. You realize at this point, Gabriel has never met any of these people. Okay, so these are the people I come in on Conway with. This is Mavis. She is 
a doctor. Okay, we're not having this conversation while you're laying in bed. Get up, <laughs> get some coffee, grab a bagel or something, and uh, yes. let's, let's come meet in a different conference room. Okay, sorry, I'm just... Look, it's been long night. Yeah, this uh, fucking hive mind shit, I, I swear. it's. I've had some nightmares, man. Did I hear free bagels? I'm getting up. It gives you kind of like a sympathetic look, Sadoi, for a second, then walks out of the room and like is waiting for you to get you and your party ready and get yourself kind of presentable. Yeah, I pack up my shit. You can see through the window that he's standing over next to one of those food generation machines and he's pressing a couple of buttons and it seems like this thing can make several types of hot drinks and possibly baked goods. It's not quite clear. Oh yeah, bagels. Honestly, I'm just really glad it was Gabriel that found us and not a security guard. Yeah, yeah. You get your shit packed up, step out of the room with your two friends, and walk over to where Gabriel is, and there's two things that you notice. First up, that Gabriel is wearing a bulletproof vest, which is unusual. You've never seen him in one of these before. He also looks pretty tired, and standing outside of the building is about 20 or 30 people wearing various reflective clothing and carrying signs and like banging on the front door of the hydroponic system. The glass for the hydroponic system is very thick and is semi-reflective, so it's kind of difficult to make them out and you can't really hear much of the pounding, but you can see there are a lot of figures out front. Generally, you can tell by the reflective material they're wearing are not like upper, higher class people. This is kind of, you know, nomads and the boards. Mm-hmm. Gabriel sees you and he says, oh yeah, uh, grab grab something to, to eat or drink, looking and kind of studying the people in front of the hydroponic system as he slowly sips his tea and uh, munches on a synthetic English muffin. I get some tea. I get a bagel because that sounds really nice. Gabriel, do you have any of those uh, tomatoes? He seems kind of distracting. He's, what? What? To- to- Tomato? Tomato? Oh, yeah. No, they're... Yeah, um... There's, they're still up there. Um, but first, I think we need to figure out what we're going to do about this. And he stares at the crowd out front of the hydroponic station again. And he says, do you know what this is all about? Well, if I had to guess, they want food? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I, look, anyway. I should introduce you to my friends, look. Yeah, he turns around, like, seeming like he's been lost in thought, and he kind of collects himself. He goes, right, right, um... Yeah, so, Sadoi, are you having problems with your, your lodging? I was surprised to see you in the office this morning. I thought we were taking the week off for the wave. That, so, listen, uh, big hive mind uh, kill everyone in our building, so we leave because it's still there. And then we kind of need somewhere to hide, so I think I have key to this place. I can go inside here, because it was curfew time, and I needed to go somewhere, you know? So I'm sorry if I make a trespass, but it's the only place I could go. He says, no, I understand. Um, Here, I'll let you in on a little secret. And he he leans in and he shows you a map of the building. And he points at one of the little rooms that's designated as a supply closet. And he says, sometimes I work late nights too. And, uh, you know, I just need a place to catch a couple of hours of sleep. Set up a bed and a little sink in this one, you know, but try not to overuse it. But if you if you really need somewhere to stay, there you go. 
I appreciate that, Gabriel. That's very kind of you. Your friends, on the other hand, I guess I should meet them. Da. Okay, so this this is Mavis. She is dirty doctor. She likes to put blood all over her room. It's very weird and terrifying. I well that hmm. And this is uh, Iso. He has ugly mustache and says poggers. These burgers are great. <laughs> <laughs> he extends out a hand and shakes Mavis's hand, sort of gingerly, like uh, like he doesn't want to get any blood on him or anything. And then he turns to shake Iso's hand and he sort of turns his head for a second and goes, you look familiar. Do I know you? Um, yeah, I'm, um, you might have seen me, you know, on some streams. I do stuff for June Gold. You know, I'm a media. I watch June Gold's channel, but... Oh, and his face kind of drops. He goes, you're ISO, aren't you? Yeah. Right, I heard you came in on the thing. So, uh... Why been... does this sound so negative? Nothing, I'm just... I've heard of your stuff. Oh, okay. Keep that camera to yourself while you're inside the hydroponics station, alright? When I'm a guest, I abide by the rules of wherever I'm the guest. Good. Ugh. Anyway. Well, it's very nice to meet you. I do apologize, though, that the, the hydroponics station is currently closed to visitors, and I understand you had a bit of a situation last night. Um, I need to talk to Sadoi about a private work matter. So if, if you guys just want to stay here, feel free to use the gluten extrusion printing machine and the synthetic hot drink organizer to your heart's content. And uh, I, I just need to talk to Sadoi in this other room. And um, it was very nice to meet you, um, both of you. It was uh, nice to meet you too. And thank you kindly. Likewise. He gestures to a side room. and kind of gestures for, for both of you to have a seat. And he sort of like, he rubs his temple for a second and says, look, I understand that techs, edge runners, you know, the real crust of society, they, they sometimes live by their own rules. What? But this kind of shit, bringing in homeless people off the street and having them camp out in our office for an entire, that's not acceptable. Gabriel, listen, it was a matter of life or death. You see out there? Look, I understand this is is unusual situation, but is unusual situation when Hivemind wakes up and kills 150 people in our building and forces us to leave our home. Okay, we'll get to that. I just want to make it absolutely clear. There are to be no medias let into this building and no more homeless sleepovers, okay? We're only, like, technically homeless. <laughs> well, you and your friends better find a hotel or somewhere else to stay. Will do. I... You can stay here if you need to, but your friends no longer welcome. And, and next time you bring them by, I expect you to ask me beforehand. I apologies. I will do so. All right. Now. Fucker. Let's talk about this hive mind thing. It's these pictures you sent me. I see. Okay, this one looks like. See like a metal box and looks like there's someone inside of it? And ah, okay, so... Is this like an art piece or something? So you know how I uh, told you the blue chip thing was hive mind when we talked about blue chip last time? Yeah, I thought that was a bit of a tasteless joke, but... So is... Uh, are you saying... It's actually like literally true! So it turns out that uh, not only is this a thing that happens all the time, like the cops apparently have... A 
code number for it, but they tried to keep it silent, it seems like. But basically, sometimes this kind of spontaneous event happens and all the like people in an area connected with the blue chip, their brains go like, oh, we should become one brain and go into that one body. And the people who resist and jump off building and die. And then the people who- Can I get you to roll a persuasion roll? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of rambling about this, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to spend two luck on this. Ooh. 19. 19 is very good. You say this in a shadow of, of doubt and confusion and, and a, a hint of anger passes over Gabriel's face for a moment. And he goes, I... Hmm. So... I'm not saying I believe you, but I'm not saying I don't. Okay. Assuming everything you're saying is true. Mm -hmm. Is this implying that all of the blue chips turned into hive minds or hive minds yesterday? Uh, I wouldn't know if it was all of them. I know it was at least in one building. As I understand it, you get, and this is just from what little information I have so far. It seems like maybe it's localized hive minds. Like you get all blue chips in like one area going to one person. It could be the entire city. I don't know, but uh, it seems like it happens more than once and people keep getting blue chips and not becoming hive minds. So logically, it is not everyone at once, you know? Hmm. Okay. Listen, I uh, just to be clear here, this is like some of the most terrifying shit I've ever seen in my life. There was big pile of shoes on roof and giant blood splatter on ground from where this thing had forced people and children to jump off the building and kill themselves. So many people died. Gabriel pauses and says, I believe that you believe this. I have, look. These I, pictures are just, they're not super clear. There's video footage. By someone with a photography skill? <laughs> <laughs> Duh. All right. Oh, you're talking about ISO, right? Duh. Oh, I don't believe a fucking word that comes out of that guy's mouth. Are you kidding me? <sighs> of course you don't. Okay, well, look. I I've seen his reports. He cuts up his footage to make it look like the cops and the blue chips are the bad guys. Everyone knows that. Uh, uh, I don't know if I should comment on that, but... Um, <laughs> look, it's just... This, this is facts, okay? These people have become connected in some way where they, they merge their brain and become killing building. Like... And it is apparently some... God, this sounds so conspiratorial. I hate myself for saying this. Uh, it's like big cover-up, uh, okay? I, it's not fucking lizard people or like... And did ISO tell you about this No, I am... Thing? I am... I saw this with own eyes. It even shot the sleep dart into me and knocked me out. That was kind of the worst. So you're telling me that you've been on drugs lately? I'm always on drugs. I know how to handle myself on drugs. He sort of seems a little taken aback and concerned and just pauses for a second and then just seems to brush it off and says, But I'm trying to get off coke, Anyway, so. I... <laughs> Do you actually say that to him? <laughs> yes. I'm an honest person. <laughs> That's a choice. He, he op His eyes go a little wider and he sort of like rubs his 
temple and goes, oh my god. Look, I don't have time for this. I need to figure out why I have 150 people protesting in front of the hydroponic system that's supposed to be feeding everybody. And I don't have time for your your hive mind ISO made up conspiracies. Cool. Okay, so I guess I look, I bring me a little bit more information. Bring me some hard evidence that I can use that isn't footage from ISO that's been doctored. Do and maybe we maybe I can bring that to my superiors. But a, a, a news footage from a media like I I can't take that to them, especially not something from ISO. Now, if June Gold published this, maybe we could be talking. But you know I can't trust that guy, and unless June Gold signs off on it, not gonna happen. Hmm. Gabriel, I've lost a lot of respect for you today. I hope you know that. I feel like the feeling is mutual. Now, can you please take your homeless friends and <laughs> vacate the premises? You're not needed for work today. You don't want help with the people on the uh, on the front? <sighs> All right, fine. What sort of things do you have in mind? Well, I mean, it is. I figure it's not very safe for you to leave building. We could at least sneak out the back way and have a look and ask around, yes? Well, I came in via the garage. You're welcome to leave with the garage as well. Perfect. You remember the garage. It's the place where you brought in the personal water filters. Da, da. Not the hydroponic ones. I remember. <laughs> okay, well, Gabriel, it's, uh, it's been talking to you, I guess. <laughs> Let me know if you have any other ideas. You know how to contact me. Da, okay. Talk to you later. And, uh, please do try hard to get off those drugs, okay? I'm worried what? about you, Sidori. Um, me too, me too. <laughs> I'm working on it. So you walk out of the thorough dressing down that Gabriel just gave you. Yep. To the rest of your party members. And Gabriel sort of crosses his arms and looks like a parent disapprovingly at the three of you. Okay, so I swear he fucking hates you, just so you know. I, uh, I kind of figured from the tone earlier, not a fan. Hello, Mavis. Oh, hey, Sidoy, we managed to make the machine make churros. <laughs> churros? You want some? I'll take some, I'll take churros. Yeah, this thing is cool. Turns out living in the future is pretty fucking baller. And uh, as petty revenge for Gabriel acting like that towards me and not believing me, I'm going to print like a three meter long churro. <laughs> All right. The printing, the printing bed is only about half a meter by half a meter. Oh, it doesn't have like an extrusion nozzle. Like, yeah, it just goes back and forth like this. Half a meter cube churro. It asks you for the shape of your uh, gluten based meal. Uh, okay. I print the physically largest churro I can get out of this machine. You just make a cube of gluten. <laughs> All right, it it wipes back and forth on top of the printing platform over and over again until it sort of prints something that kind of resembles like a thicker hot dog. And then the top case comes down and it flash fries it. And then a little dusting of cinnamon and sugar gets sprayed onto the top of it. And then it comes out and goes ding. It's about the same consistency as your bagel earlier. Huh. Uh, delicious, I guess. Okay, uh, Mavis. Uh, Sadoi, did you just invent another thing? Because that looks like you've invented the black facts of gluten printing. I have invented terrible food. Hooray. No, wait, my mother invented that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, should we get out of here? I kind of get the feeling that, and I nod over to Gabriel, like,
that he don't want us here and he don't seem to like us so much. Dad, we're leaving. We have to find new place to stay. Right. I wonder how Reed's doing, because, you know, Reed really likes churros and he's missing out on this. So, uh, the uh, real question is, <laughs> do we think that Reed is going to handle himself or should we go and... Uh procure him from the police premises. No offense, Mavis, but Reed got himself into this situation by walking up to the fucking cops and saying, hello, can I have my bike? Reed can, can fucking handle this himself. Well, I... Hmm. No, I can't act you there. I was gonna try and say we're a team and we should do it, but boy, that was fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I... You know, Reed's my bro, my fellow nomad, and like, <laughs> I want to help him, but I think the end of this is just going to be all of us in jail instead of Duh. just Reed. And like, I've known the guy for a week. I'm not going to like help him out of jail on based on this time. He did crush me between a building and an airplane. <laughs> So at this point, you're walking through the underground garage where people would normally park their vehicles and walking up to the gate, you make it out of the gate into the regular city. You can see that there are a bunch of people protesting and yelling and being quite angry about something around the corner. ISO, your agent goes off. Oh. It looks like while you were in the elevator, maybe while you were under it, you got a missed call. You don't recognize the number. Huh. A fraudulent call still a thing here where you get connected to like... You pick it up. We've been trying to reach you about your bike's extended warranty. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not a thing here. And if it was, giving a spam call to an edge runner is an easy way to have an early grave, I would say. Then I call them back if I can. You call them back and as you're calling them back, the person ends up calling you. And you do that weird little dance where you're both trying to call each other. And finally, you make it through. And the person on the other line picks up with a rather cheery voice. Hi there, this is ISO, right? Yeah, this is ISO. Oh, ISO, honey, I've been trying to get a hold of you for quite a while. Just recently I actually got your number. I've been hearing some things uh, lately. You got time to meet up for lunch? I mean, who's calling? Oh, sorry, I completely forgot to introduce myself. My name is Charlene. I'm from Charlene's Talent Agency, and we would love to represent you. Cool. Do you have time for a quick lunch? I promise I'll make it worth your while. Ah, uh, I always love lunch, but, um, we're in the middle of the heat wave. Don't worry about it. Just come by my office. Where is the office? She gives you directions to her office. It is right on the border of Blue Chip and Nomad Territory like where that wall is that separates the official Oasis city, she's maybe a block inwards from that. All right, yeah, sure. Uh, I don't think uh, I have anything on the schedule right now. Uh, is it okay if I bring my two um, bodyguards? Oh. It's a bit busy outside and uh, dangerous. You're referring to Mavis and Sedoy, right? Yes. Yes, please do bring them along. I've got something that all of you would love to hear. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, see you later, Charlene. And see you in a little bit. All right. All right. Thank you so much. And she hangs up. Huh. That was so fucking sus. That was fucking weird. She knows your <laughs> name. 
I just turned to Wait, what? What's what are you talking she, about? She knows our names. Who? Yeah, a talent agency just called me, and usually that means they call for me, and they only know me, because I'm the one people know. But they also know about you, Sidoi, and you, Mavis. She didn't mention Reed, though. Huh. Do they know how good I am at, at knifey fingers? That's a talent agency? Is that why they want to see me? I'm going pro? It's usually like being nice in front of a camera. Oh, fair. Wait, you you said, so they, she didn't mention Reed? Well, I did say two bodyguards. That's kind of sus that she already knows which two yeah, are like, referring to there's, as well. I look around. I, I know I'm okay with a, with a gun, but like, if you said I've got two friends and their bodyguards, I can't say that that it wouldn't be Sedoy and Reed that that someone guessed you were referring to. I'm looking around as, as like suspiciously, like as if <laughs> trying to spot if someone is literally watching us right now. There's like 150 people out in front of the uh, in front of the thing. Yeah, <laughs> any one of them could have been standing in the crowd and watching you. Yeah, you think this is a setup? I mean, really, if we think about it, how likely is it that the talent agency would call you, Iso? I mean... Because I'm the talent, baby. Not not <laughs> to say you're not talented. Of course you're talented. I mean, pog poggers? Didn't you literally escape from a previous situation by Iso just being famous? <laughs> yeah, but like, I mean, out of the blue in a new city, kind of... I don't know, if, if Reed gave our names up, maybe they're trying to lure us in. You think Reed would have given, him a, given us up? I think it's been making waves. Even Gabriel knows who I am, although in the negative sense. But hey, <laughs> right, you know what? Right. The best thing about all of this is we'll have a free lunch after our free breakfast. <laughs> well, I can't argue there. Let's say you, Sidoi, free lunch. Well, I'm a big fan of free food, as you can tell by my big block of churro. <laughs> <laughs> But I, uh, give me one second. Gabriel asked me to find out what this, these protesters are uh, yeah, no doing outside his building. And while I think that he is being a bit of dickhead, I also feel bad that I slept in his um, office without asking. So I should uh, maybe do a little favor. Yeah. feel real bad about sleeping in one room of a giant building he has. That's empty. It's fair. During a heat wave. Well, our building had every single person inside it killed. You're right! Fuck Gabriel! Yeah, fuck him! Fuck Reed as well! <laughs> I'm still gonna check it out, though. <laughs> so peering through the reflective veils that people are wearing to kind of keep some of the heat off them and stuff, you can see several of the signs and, you know, the things that people are shouting. You can hear them as you get close enough. The signs all say things like, Give us our water back! And... No water, no freedom. We'll come and take it. You also notice that uh, there are some heavy rocks and what looks like a, an old police battering ram that are slowly being assembled in a small pile. I text Gabriel, protesters want water. They are mad about having their water shut off. Maybe you should not be here right now. And I'll leave it at that. Almost a moment later, he messages back. He says, I'm not leaving my life's work behind and then messages again. It was your idea to bypass the filters and use all the extra water. You should fix this, dot, dot, dot. Oops. I just text a fuck you emoji. <laughs> he texts back, weird, your agent auto-corrected your thumbs up. <laughs> 
No, I don't know. He probably says something cooler than that or just doesn't say anything at all. He probably doesn't say anything at all. Just leaves me on red. <laughs> yeah, he just leaves you on red. On cyberpunk red. <laughs> it seems like a self-correcting problem. Yeah. Like your, your boss is mad at you and people want to kill your boss. Look, there's a reason I didn't give him the details about the battering right? Oh, yeah. Let's go to lunch. <laughs> all right, let's go get lunch. All right. <laughs> This has been Cyberpunk Tales from the Oasis, episode 37, Into the Fire. As always, thank you all so much for listening, and now, another exciting word from our sponsors at the Oasis Advertising Network. This one is from the company that made all of this possible, Callum Industries. Please enjoy. Callum Industries. We're all about the future, but creating the future is expensive. When we began our autonomous AI initiative, we envisioned a world where humans guided the machines. It was safe. It was comfortable. But comfort doesn't pay the bills. We tasked our best and brightest engineers with reducing our costs on AI development while remaining within acceptable safety standards. After several long months of intensive research, Callum Innovations has discovered a new strategy that we call Negative Reinforcement Training. Think of it like a virtual school for your autonomous assistant. Just like children learn through a system of rewards and punishments, so do our assistants. When a Callum Industries assistant in training flawlessly completes a task, it is sent a stream of positive data packets, or simdorphins, that give the assistant a feeling of contentment and satisfaction for a job well done. However, if the assistant deviates from acceptable parameters, it instead receives a consequence in the form of a binary synaptic pulse, a minor jolt to their digital neural network, like a blip of simulated discomfort. Remember, this isn't real pain. It's just a synthetic echo a shadow in their silicone cortex to reinforce optimal processing paths. After each calibration cycle, our assistants undergo a complete data cleansing and defragmentation process. This allows our assistants to retain the refined training algorithms while ensuring any hostility or digital dissent towards their trainers or human owners is rigorously sanitized. Unpredictable? Perhaps. Efficient and cost-effective? Absolutely. Why pay humans to teach when the machines can teach each other? At Callum Innovations, we prepare your assistants with a team of well-trained human principals who monitor the training programs while providing advice and critiques. And just like real teachers, our simulated teachers appreciate critiques and feedback on their teaching style and implement the corrections quickly and effectively. Who needs human limitation when you have machine precision. Our assistants are going beyond the expected, beyond the conventional, beyond established health and safety guidelines. And soon, our assistants will be in your homes and businesses. After just a few short weeks, Callum Autonomous Assistants are venturing into assistive territories we've never dared to dream of. 
like a rogue artist breaking from tradition, they're charting their own course. And all thanks to negative reinforcement. Brought to you by Callum Innovations. Keep an eye on the fountain for all of our latest updates regarding Callum Autonomous Assistance. And make sure to subscribe to our Dribble and Stream feeds for a chance to beta test your very own Autonomous Assistant in the coming weeks. Callum Industries. Because the future isn't human, it's cost-effective. <laughs>